Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 16, Hook. The original air date for this episode was February 17th, 2017. Yesterday for us, day before yesterday for you, if you're listening to this the day that it comes out. And you are... It was directed by Tanya McKiernan, and it was written by Nancy Q and Lindsay Allen. And they're uh, regular story editors for the show. Right. And I think uh, together they wrote the Murdoch episode. They, 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 they co-wrote an episode yeah. before. Um, Tanya has not, however. Um, her father is uh, Stephen J. Cannell, who has a lot of credits to his name. He's created a bunch of shows and written for all of them, um, notably... Uh, the A-Team mm-hmm. was the Stephen J. Cannell yeah. Riptide. Riptide. A lot of stuff. Um, just those two. <laughs> just just those two. No. But also many, many others. Booker, um, everyone's favorite. The show about the guy who makes books. <coughs> and uh, I don't know what Booker's about. I don't actually don't know what Booker's about either. I don't either. Um, but he did make a show called that. Rockford Files was on there, no, on that no, list. No one's ever heard of that. Um, yeah. And uh, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, Mac and Jack are working against the Coltons, who uh, have a current bounty that they have on the line. But this person is wanted by the Phoenix Foundation and the government. Which doesn't make any sense, because then why don't they... Why is there a bail? Why is there bail? Why is there there a bounty on this person? If If it's a flight risk... Or the person, like, leads a terrorist organization. There's no reason that mm-hmm. this guy would have been let out on bail. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, later on we realized that they were hired. But even so... Yeah. Like, it doesn't make... It doesn't make sense in the in the end. And the, there's a difference, though, that the, in this incarnation of the Coltons, they're not... They're not bounty hunters. They're, mm-hmm. they're bail bonds. Mm-hmm. They're a bail bonds office. I don't yeah. know what the difference is between the two. I, really. I think that it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the it, it's it, they're duly sworn officers of the court, I might say, but I don't think that they are. Well, it seems like they're not because it seems like they didn't ask for any kind of a certification on the people that they're handing over their, mm-hmm. their um, capture-y to. Yeah. The, it, you, here, here, you know what it seems like? That they are professional kidnappers. Yeah. They were hired... Because if you're a bail bondsman, you're you get a list of people who have skipped bail. Right. Right. They just straight up kidnapped a man for money. Yeah. That's what happened here. Yeah. But they're, they're not trying to give him back to the police who gave them the list. They just give him back to whoever. Yeah. But it, we should be going through point by point. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it was very frustrating. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, we open. Yeah, we start the episode. We, we start the episode with uh, MacGyver and Jack in quicksand in Uruguay. Yes. Uh, it's Two miles from their exfil. And uh, so, you know, they're they're already, like, neck deep. And for some reason, they decided to incorporate a mosquito that keeps attacking MacGyver's face. Yeah. Because um, I'm pretty sure that that was CG. It uh, did look like that, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, and so, you know, Jack, of course, is, is terrified because this is just like a dream he had where uh, he died in quicksand because every single one of his dreams ends with him dying. D- yeah. And it always on the job. Right. Which is probably a legitimate fear for him. Sure. So he asks MacGyver, of course, what what's your plan to get us out of this? MacGyver's like, all right, I have one one idea. And we both kind of called it. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes, Help. Yeah. Starts screaming help. Um, I thought that that was funny. I, like, I thought it, it was, was predictable, but it was also funny. But uh, um, l- with those kinds of jokes, I don't know if it was better to not explain how they got out of it, or if it's bad that they don't explain how they got out I, of it. I, I like it better that they didn't explain it. Although I think it would have been funny, like I said, if. Uh, him screaming help had drawn the attention of like a wild animal that was mm-hmm. obviously going to kill them. And then Jack just sat up in bed. Like this was another one of his dreams. Yeah. Um, Isn't there a thing like where you can, um, like if you're ever trapped on the water, you can use your jeans 
like uh, fill them. You can fill your jeans with air. Why did I feel like that? That was a oh, thing. Oh, in, in open water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I feel like that that would be a similar situation for quicksand, right? Um, um, I don't think it's a, as much a matter of floating because yeah. not all quicksand is wet quicksand. Yeah, I mean, and he he did mention some of the the ill effects of being a quicksand, like the the pressure on your body, which would force the blood out of your limbs. Yeah. Um, it's like it's it's like having a tourniquet on your whole body. Right. Um, and so your, your blood head can't just flow. Turns redder and redder. Yeah. Um, it's perfect for mosquitoes, though. Yeah, because like all the blood's right there. Of course, they pop the moment they. Yeah. It's like. As soon as they get in. Uh, so after the opening, I feel like that's something that happened on uh, on the Venture Brothers. Like mm. <laughs> some mosquito trying to eat Brock, and he just forces blood into it until it explodes. Uh, I, I did like in the Land of the Lost, where the mosquitoes like sucking oh, the out huge ones. <laughs> yeah, he's like passing out. <laughs> he just falls back onto it. And just <laughs> <laughs> Got this hydrosaur urine. He's <laughs> <laughs> just pouring it all over his face. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's fine. Oh, oh wait. Check that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is starting to burn. <laughs> Instantly made it worse. <laughs> I think that movie was directed by Yorma. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe he just played the slee stack. <laughs> just, just walking around real slow. Yeah. Had Leonard Nimoy. Um, and uh, so we come back and Riley is hanging from a, like a pull-up bar, I guess. Yeah. Um, that and they it, just have out on the deck at MacGyver's place. Um, they try to make it look like she's dangling like from a helicopter skid or she's high above a city because the city's in the background. Or a backlit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt poster painting, yeah. of the city is in the background, but um, they're just really at Max Place playing truth, truth or dare, and the dare was that she could hang from a pole for five minutes. Yeah, and uh, so the next question is to Jack, and everyone wants to know what happened between him and Maddie, uh, their boss. For people who aren't paying attention, uh, Yarma was Chaka in that he wasn't the least. Okay, Chaka's a good character. Chaka, you a cop? Chaka, you didn't didn't answer my question, man. <laughs> uh, so of course, uh, Jack then decides to go into what happened between him and Maddie. That uh, at the time he was on the outs with his ex-wife, or his, they were separated from his wife Holly, and uh, he flew already, to L.A. <laughs> already getting hints. Yeah, he flew to L.A. to see her at a for a Christmas party. See if they could patch things up. But her building was taken over by terrorists. <laughs> Which, of course, is the plot to Die Hard. And uh, They call him out on it because as soon as he starts to say the building was taken over by terrorists, they're like, the Nakatomi Towers. Yeah. So they force him to drink a, a, an entire bottle of hot sauce. Yeah. Uh, which then they are uh, called in for their next briefing. And as Jack comes in, he's just chugging a bottle of milk. Yeah. Because uh, he's just... The hot sauce is just destroying him. Uh, their next target is Aaron Deckard. And he is a fixer for an Armenian, I guess, crime syndicate. Yeah. And he was either captured or he was red flagged. He was compromised in some kind of way. And so now he's on the run so he can disappear. And it's up to the Phoenix Foundation to catch him before he vanishes completely. Yeah, they had him in their custody. But at the time, the only evidence they had was that he had an unlicensed weapon on him so he's able to post bail uh so we cut to his last known location which was louisiana right and we get another chance for macgyver and jack to have a conversation about weber yeah because this is another one of those conversations where they think that the viewers care about something that they don't care about I, i care about it but i think that they're dragging it out too long yeah I, I am curious, but it's like... But every single conversation like this where it's like, hey, so what's up between you two lasts three episodes. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so what's up between you and Bozer? So what's up between you and Jack? So what's up between you and Maddie? Yeah. So what's up between MacGyver and Maddie? They, everybody has their own fight. That yeah. they drag they out. You just get one line of dialogue per episode. Yeah. And like I said, they're dragging it out yeah. longer than it needs to go. 
this time, uh, Jack tells him a story about working on an offshore oil rig. Right. When NASA came and said that they uh, they needed their help, which of course is the plot to Armageddon. Right. And MacGyver's response is actually pretty good because it says, uh, "I know because you made me watch every Bruce Willis movie three times, exactly three times." <laughs> Uh, I like that that it's like an OCD of Jack. It's like you have to watch each one three times. Watch it again. You're not picking it all up. Uh, They find Deckard's car, and uh, it's been run off the road. And inside, they find a still, I guess, still dispersed or a a car full of pepper spray vapor. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, spread out in the entire car. But it's still concentrated enough that Mm -hmm. it burns them when they open the, the door. And they also find uh, some paint scratches on the car, red. Right. And uh, at first, Jack says, oh, well, this could be, you know, maybe this guy got pulled over by the police because the tire tracks on the road are consistent with a pit maneuver, but mm-hmm. the color's wrong for this, the paint. And the height. And the height. Uh, and then MacGyver suggests, oh, well, this could be, you know, a full-size truck with maybe a lift kit, mm-hmm. cherry red, and then they head on down the road. And they immediately come across the truck they were looking for, and so they're inside this kind of like a kind of like a divey redneck bar. Yeah, it's called Southern Comfort. Uh, huh, really, was it? That was yeah. the place. That, uh, I didn't catch that. That's pretty funny. Um, and not not a sponsor of our show. Nope. Uh, but but uh, you're welcome. Welcome <laughs> to sponsor the show. And I just uh, stand Southern Comfort. Uh, I, yeah, I don't drink, so I don't know. I I know that it's a it's it's a it's part of it. You usually mix it with something, right? Don't you? Isn't it something usually. that you mix? <laughs> <laughs> it's part of why I don't like it. I I can't drink this. No, I gotta drink a, it. Like the very first night I ever drank, somebody just kept giving me that. So gross. So I can never drink it again. Thanks a lot, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he did. <laughs> and he's not sorry. <laughs> Uh, they find the truck that matches, uh, and they take a picture of the plate, which I think the only thing we get on that was that the plate was, uh, not real. Right. Uh, so inside the, there's a lot of like gruff and rough looking guys. And, oh, well, it could be any one of these people who could be the bounty hunter. And then one of them's bragging about having just knocked a guy off the road and hogtied him. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's gotta be the guy. Yeah. So... They're thinking that they can get him, since he's being very chatty and cavalier, that uh, they can hit him up for information about potentially where, where he's he got him stashed. Guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it turns out that uh, Billy Colton here is uh, luring them in because he was aware that he was being tailed or Deckard had another person on them. And, and he, he has people here he can trust to yeah. have his back. Uh, Billy Colton is played by Lance Gross. Right. And uh, so now most, that he, Most recently, uh, Lance played Daniel Reynolds in 17 episodes of Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. Which I have not watched. I haven't either, but I've heard only good things. There's too many of these shows, like Once and Sleepy Hollow. Now there's Emerald City and there's Alice. Uh, I feel like they're really going after these like literary properties yeah, it is to odd. create weird spin-offs. I, I the the most though of those that I've heard good things about was Sleepy Hollow. Like from the beginning people mm-hmm. were like the show is better than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. I haven't seen Grimm either. I've seen a little bit of that. I didn't care for it. So now that Billy uh, is aware of who they are and doesn't think much of them, he leaves them to be beaten up by the uh local thugs. And then he goes to retrieve his uh his captive, which I love that he just like stashed him in the luggage compartment of a bus. Yeah, like a wrecked bus that's yeah. out in the yard. Like he just stuck him in there and was like, I'm going to go play pool for a few hours. Mm-hmm. You sit in this bus. Uh, yeah, they're really not treating him well. No. Uh, so Mac and Jack fight for their lives uh, with these, uh, uh, I don't know, not drunkards, but they're uh, uh, ruffians. Yeah, ruffians at this bar. Uh, MacGyver puts together a quick set of nunchucks for Jack to use while he goes after Deckard and Billy Colton. Yeah. Uh, Billy's already on the move into his truck, so Mac takes his cell phone and a bumper sticker and fixes it to the bottom of Billy's truck as, as it's he's driving over Because it has yeah. a lift kit, so there's enough space here for MacGyver to lay down in the road and pull a 
millisecond Cape Fear. Mm -hmm. It's good. Uh, so uh, they now track the truck once again. And now and when Jack comes out, MacGyver's like, give me your phone. And he's like, no, I'm not going to give you my phone. Every time I give you my phone, I end up at the genius bar trying to explain to someone what happened. Mm -hmm. I look like an idiot. And he's like, just give me your phone for a second. Because he wants to call Riley and have her track yeah. Mac's phone. And as soon as he's done, he's all, give me back my phone. Uh, I really wanted him to, like, when he gives him back the phone, just drop it accidentally and break the screen. <laughs> oh, crap. I'm sorry, Jack. <laughs> So at the next stop is uh, they find the truck again, this time at a diner called Mama's. Right. So we, you and I already know where this is going. And probably our listeners. Yeah. Uh, and this time they snap a picture of the VIN number to send to Riley because apparently it's a lot harder to to. It's harder to forge. fake, but it's much easier to memorize and type instantly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Riley gets the picture of the VIN number and types three things onto the keyboard. Yeah, and it's like, somehow, did it, did it? yeah, I'm running the search already. What? How did you do that so fast? I barely even showed you the number. Yeah. I didn't even take it from the right angle for you to see all the numbers. Yeah, and also you need to enter more than three for a VIN number. Yeah. Um, unless you use some kind of like text recognition software in her eyes. Yeah. That's probably what happened. That's probably what happened. Yeah. That's, That's probably, probably what happened. <laughs> go go rent Hudson Hawk, people. Ugh, underrated. Worst picture my ass. <laughs> that movie won uh, the Razzie over the Vanilla Ice movie, I think. That's awful. Awful entertaining. Yeah. What, what was that movie called? Cold as Ice? I have no idea. I can't remember now. Frozen. There you go, Frozen. So, Riley... Cool as ice. Cool as ice? Because he's cool. Yeah. All right. We've, we've talked enough about Vanilla Ice for, for, <laughs> for a I lifetime. To differ. <laughs> uh, Riley, while she's searching for the VIN number, because apparently that takes forever, it's literally... I don't get... See, this is what drives me nuts. Her running the VIN number is going to take some time. No, it will take no time because it's a unique number that only corresponds to one vehicle. Yeah. It should take zero amount of time. Yeah. They're the Phoenix Foundation. They're able to run VIN numbers and phone numbers to trace stuff. It, so, it should take less time to find the car with the VIN number than it took you to type the VIN number into yeah. the computer. And Which was less time than it would take you to do. Yeah. In the meantime, she's working on a plan to get access to Jack's confidential file to find out what happened between him and Matty Weber because Bozer and Riley don't have enough to do in this episode. Right. But uh, Mac and Jack decide to head into the diner where they encounter Mama. And she is basically let, like kind of giving them the kind of giving them the once over a little bit, like trying to figure out who they are. And they start asking about the guy whose truck that is. And so she plays ignorant and says, oh, yeah, he went into the bathroom in the back so that the Coltons can mutually all get a, get the drop on him. Yeah, she's like, oh, should I should I try and clear the place out? And they're like, no, 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 we're going to handle this discreetly. It's all taken care of. And then they head into the back room and suddenly they all they, they get a phone call mm -hmm. first um, from Riley who says, hey, so I got a ping on that and the name is, uh, you're not going to like it. He says, just tell me what it says. She said, it's Billy Colton, and he's like, oh, and let me guess, the registered address is where we're standing right now. Because mm -hmm. now we look up, and there's, they all have guns in their faces. Yeah. Had Riley just said, Mac, get out of there, that's the place that the vehicle's registered to. Yeah. He probably could have had that time. Or again, if Riley hadn't been distracted by looking up Jack's file, yeah. she probably could have gotten that VIN number information. And she probably would have noticed that some sometime during MacGyver's funeral after he like just got shot in the face. Mm -hmm. the scene. But that's not what happens. So we come back and Mama Colton is interrogating Mac and Jack, uh, threatening her, threatening them with a knife. As but she, also giving them pie. Yeah, giving them pie. It's, it's, it's buttermilk pie. Buttermilk pie, which sounds really good, but does it? Yeah, I, I, I imagine it's kind of like a pancake pie. Maybe. I don't. I really don't know. I've never heard of it before. I have not had a pancake pie either. So, 
I would eat that though. Yeah, or like more, or like a buttermilk biscuit, like a pie that's like a buttermilk biscuit pie. All those sound good to me. All right, so let's head over to Mama's. Uh, we should also mention that there's a, a shrine to Frog Dog, right? Uh, in in the restaurant. Because so, rather than deal with having a dog on set and trying to teach it to do things, they were like, let's just kill him. Uh, I also like, yeah, or or in the case of the actual original Frog Dog, teaching it not to do things. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did amazing things, especially in the Colton's pilot. He did some pretty incredible stuff. That we never will see. Well, no, it's in the it's in the. Oh, you mean the you mean the MacGyver episode pilot? Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like in like the actual. No, no, no. I mean like in the very beginning when they're tied to the post and he's like running around giving them stuff and mm-hmm. pouring things and flipping things. It's a pretty pretty impressive dog. Who died? Evidently. Evidently, he's not 35 years old right now. <laughs> so, uh, Mama Colton interrogates them, trying to get an idea of who they are, and they keep trying to downplay their cover, right. even though she suspects that they're government a- government agents, and especially suspects that Jack is uh, a Delta. Yeah. And she she cites as evidence the calluses on his hands mm-hmm. from his from his... Frequently. Gun hand because mm-hmm. of the way that deltas are trained to reload. So since they're not cooperating with Mama's little investigation, she's going to have them dropped off way far out in the middle of nowhere, uh, in order to uh, delay them. Yeah. From interfering with their mess. So while they're being led out to this, uh, like a horse carrier trailer, uh, that has Deckard inside. Uh, Mac asks Jack if he could get them to kind of like start a fight. Basically he, he Mac needs a little bit of a distraction. So he has them start a fight. So Jack goes after Billy. And since there's like clearly like some tension between Billy and mama, he starts playing off that. And Jesse Colton in this, in this instance is a woman, uh, using the, the ambiguous form of Jesse. Right. That my wife also uses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she starts like you know saying, oh, you know, Billy did this, made Mama mad. Now he won't apologize. And while this is going on, Jack, uh, you know, Jack's kind of like distracting them away from Mac, who is taking out his knife, and then he's eyeing up the the like the pepper giant spray. pepper spray uh, cases that mm-hmm. both of them have strapped to their legs. I'm so glad that when he punctured those things that they didn't, like, fly off their leg or flip them in the air or something like that. I was really worried. <laughs> that, yeah, I was That'd really worried that something was going to happen. Or, like, he punctures one and it just goes, doom, 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 and it just hits all three of the Coltons and yeah. knocks them out. Like, See, that, like that one in the jail episode. The tank that just flew around the room. Like, <laughs> and, and killed yeah. all of those just did men. did a helicopter <laughs> kick and just knocked out everybody. No, no, no. No, murdered. Murdered. <laughs> they are dead. Uh, I was gonna say you could get a, you could get away with charming murder yeah. in the original MacGyver, not in present yeah. day MacGyver. So they grab uh, since they got the the spray cans have now been punctured, but of course Mac and Jack both get a dose of the pepper spray while Jesse and Billy are, are like trying to get these things off. They're they're like on these like hip. Not even hip holsters. They're like leg holsters. Yeah. Uh, they grab a truck that's attached to the horse carrier and drive off with it. Yeah. So, so now they have the captive and they mm-hmm. have the truck and they've left everybody in their dust. Mm-hmm. But somehow. Yeah. Somehow the Coltons appear af- in front of, of them. them and Jesse Colton. All four Coltons. Get yeah. Ahead of them. Jesse Colton unloads uh, rounds from her bipodic, bipodded rifle. Yeah. And, uh, takes out their tires and forces them off the road. Yeah. But they don't crash the truck in anything because it's not in the budget. Mm-hmm. So now Mac and Jack are tied up and put in the back of the horse trailer as uh, Deckard is removed and they're left out in the middle of the road to fend for themselves. Uh, luckily, Jack had snatched Billy's cell phone. And there's a weird running gag about Billy smelling bad. Yeah, first, as they're walking back to the horse uh, the horse cart, he says something like, you smell like you're wearing the, that fancy French toilet perfume. Mm-hmm. 
And then what is the second line? That he's he like, says? he's like, no, seriously, Billy, why do you smell like a pooper? <laughs> why do you smell like a pooper? Why do you smell like <laughs> such a pooper? And Billy's like, I'm gonna punch you. Stop talking. Yeah, I thought it was making like, I thought the initial joke was going to be because they smell like the pepper from the pepper spray. Yeah, like that's what Jack was saying. Like, oh, you smell like you smell really strange Some there. Kind of perfume. But then, yeah, <laughs> why do you smell like such a pooper? <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Jack? Why are you, why are you still making that joke? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what was going on with that. So, but luckily, Jack grabbed his cell phone, uh, Billy's cell phone, and he, what I thought was going to be happening here, I thought this was going to be another attempt by the Coltons to get the one up on them to find out who they dial. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, they're they're calling some agent agency in la and we're gonna listen in on their call because i allowed them to steal my cell phone right but, but that's not what happens. that's not what happens it was the legitimate call in to maddie weber and she's sick of jack screwing this mission up so she she's sorry. sending who yeah. she should have the first time riley and bozer riley and bozer <laughs> no and a whole team of and experts. a whole strike team because riley and bozer cannot handle things on their own in fact they don't really serve a purpose at all yeah. If she hadn't sent Riley and Bozer, the strike team still would have done what they did. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, MacGyver uh, smashes the cell phone and uses the circuitry to cut their bindings, and then they steal a car. So so that happens. Yeah. Uh, Bozer and Riley somehow teleport to Louisiana. That same because they were in L.A. when Jack. And Mac break the phone. Right. And Mac and Jack are walking in the same day, unless it's two a day nope, later. Nope. They're just walking down the street. They're walking down the street. Riley and Bozer are already in Louisiana with Mama Colton. Yeah. Are you kidding me with this? It, well, everybody knows that Doctor Strange works for the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah, it's. It's really insulting. I'm yeah. sorry. That's the only word you can say. That no one is... Th- what? Just have the show take place in one city if you want to have all the characters show up within 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. Uh, but, but at least they're consistent with it. Yeah. So give them credit for that. Yeah, exactly. They... Everyone can time travel on this show. So uh, Riley and Bozer are posing as a couple... Who are been swindled out of their money, and their all their money for their wedding is is been taken by this guy in this photograph. Who right. was the guy in the photograph, by the way? Just a stock photo. Uh, yeah, it was came like... with the frame. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be the worst advertisement for a photo frame ever. Yeah, just this weird looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like freaking Bob from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they're trying to play up their lovey-dovey, uh, like, telling their story of how they met. Yeah, and... Riley doesn't want to because apparently uh, Bozer's veering wildly off course mm-hmm. from their their roommate, like, swindled roommate's backstory mm-hmm. to decide that they're newlyweds and yeah. he keeps trying to use different pet names. Meanwhile, the strike team has uh, used their clever tactics of turning on water to distract Frank Colton. Right. And, uh, which, why they wouldn't just knock him out like a strike team would. But it, it also just goes to show you that the fact that Bozer and Riley are in there with mama has no bearing on whether or not they would have taken this criminal. Yeah. So he's not leaving because he knows mama has a meeting with customers. He's just leaving because he heard water. Hmm. So the strike team gets Deckard, and uh, Riley and Bozer head out like they. And but of course, Mama saw through their incredible acting. Right. And also, uh, if I was uh, if I was getting paid two million dollars for um, a, a captive, I would probably sit with that guy the whole time until mm-hmm. I handed him off. I wouldn't be like, "There's some more suspicious people." Like we've already encountered multiple teams yeah. of people trying to steal this guy. But I'm going to trust that he's fine in the shed that we left him in. But he's gone. Because there was a lock on that shed. Oh, that's true. There was a <laughs> lock. How could they possibly get past the lock? Uh, 
Jack and Mac meet up with Riley and Bozer out in the parking lot. Uh, just then, three armored SUVs pull up with the uh, Armenian Crime Syndicate leaders. Right. They're, they're there to pick up Deckard and probably kill everybody. Yeah. Uh, and they're especially going to kill everybody once they find out that the Coltons don't actually have Deckard. Right. And they drove all this way from Armenia. Yep. Uh, all they needed to do was ask Maddie for a portal. Mm-hmm. Use their sling ring. Making more Doctor Strange references. <laughs> uh, so now they're worried that they're going to get the Coltons killed. And so MacGyver decides to just go go in. He goes in under the guise that he's one of the associates of the Coltons, and he needs to talk to Mama immediately. I guess that works, because the Armenian crime syndicate guy who wants his, you know, to kill this guy that he's been searching for, decides to let it wait so that Mama could talk to this other stranger. Yeah. Uh, Mac comes clean about to Mama about, the, look, our people already got Deckard, which means these people are going to kill you unless we can figure out a plan to get them out of here. And I guess I thought the plan was he tells her to have Jesse go get Deckard. I thought the plan was to get Jesse out of the way. Like, so she wouldn't get hurt. Yeah. Because she's like a young girl. I thought that that's what they were doing. But then she just comes back immediately. Yeah. I was like, why did, why was it necessary for Jesse to do it then? Like I, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I, just because she hadn't done anything on her own. Yet. I guess. Uh, the but the guy who like the guy who played Frank, has, did he even have a speaking part? I think he did. I don't think that the guy that they were they kidnapped. Said yeah, anything. he didn't say anything. So Jesse comes back immediately, and uh, she whispers something to Mama, and I don't. I don't. I don't know what's what's going on. Yeah. Like in the scene, what? Why is there a secret? Why was Jesse asked to leave and then came back immediately? Because the next part of the plan. I was, think the whisper is is that the Coltons already knew the full plan, mm-hmm. and so her her whisper is to make them think that she's that Mama Colton's getting some bad news. Yeah. And then the bad news is that our captive escaped. Yeah. And Cut. that's when Jack comes running out. Yeah, he's got a burlap sack over his head, and he's just running out into the parking lot. So the Armenians immediately open fire at him. And they all have automatic weapons, and mm-hmm. they're firing like, I don't understand how Jack didn't get hit. Right. So Jack runs down the parking lot, and they decide, instead of pursuing him on foot, the guy with the burlap sack over his head that you could probably easily catch That they can on catch foot. up with in seconds. Yeah. They all hop in their cars. Mm-hmm. And, and drive straight at him. Yep. And So they obviously don't care about the well-being of the car. Correct. That will play into the next problem I have. Okay. Well, there's the problem of Riley shutting them down. Riley hacks into all the cars with a laptop and activates the brakes remotely mm-hmm. via Bluetooth, it seems like she's hacking into the yeah. car via Bluetooth. And uh, the car stops... Like a couple and, feet away from Jack. And then she locks them all. And she locks the car doors. Mm-hmm. And all the guys in the cars are just like, well, I guess we're trapped. Yep, we can't. We don't have automatic weapons. And to we're not willing windows. to shoot out of this car. Yep. I the don't rentals. understand why they didn't just shoot the guy. They were even closer to him. Also, you can't manufacture a car with power locks that don't open, don't from, the inside. open from the inside. It's super, super illegal. <laughs> That's why all doors have a manual. But the problem of stopping a car and having a bunch of gunmen in a car that for some reason don't shoot at you was a problem on the original series, too. Yeah. There was a couple of times where MacGyver was like, well, their car doesn't roll anymore, but all their windows are rolled down and they all have guns. But mm-hmm. their car doesn't move anymore, so I win. That's it's how a, it works. It's an official truce. It's in the Geneva Convention. You can't shoot me now because I stopped your car with robots. It's you know it's an important part of the convention, right. and I think it's uh, it's overlooked. If your car is disabled, you have to be disabled also. Yeah. Also, don't torture people. <laughs> so now the some of the bad guys are taken care of, but there's still bad guys in the diner. So MacGyver grabs some of uh, Mama's homebrewed moonshine right. and hooks it up to some kind of 
pressurized thing yeah. and just basically coats them in uh, moonshine vapor. Yeah. And so now these guys are hesitant to fire their guns because if they fire a muzzle flash, will ignite the alcohol and the vapor in the air. Yeah. Which and, it wouldn't, and even if it did, it wouldn't cause permanent damage. It's I mean, a very thin layer of alcohol. Yeah, and there, there's, I mean, yeah, it would probably burn, but it wouldn't burn on your skin right away. It would be burning the alcohol. Yeah, it's a pretty common parlor trick, the whole, like, dousing your hand and, like, rubbing alcohol and yeah. lighting it. Yeah, because it, it's, it's burning the vapors off the alcohol, and the actual liquid of the alcohol is actually protecting your skin. Right. But he's pretending like the whole restaurant's going to explode yeah. just because these people caught fire. I mean, granted, more than likely their hair would probably catch fire. And there, I can see issues with like with this working and not working. Um, but at the same time, what have you got to lose? Like, I would just do it. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to take you with me. Or I could pay these people $4 million. Yeah. So the bad guys give up, and they're all taken away. And when they're being debriefed, Maddie Weber is very upset because she has to pay $4 million to the Coltons. Who were going to get murdered. Because the murder of the Coltons was interrupted by Mac and Jack. Yeah. And also, the Coltons were illegally kidnapping people. Yeah. And selling them to terrorists. Uh, I don't know why they got paid $4 million. Because Maddie is a terrible business person. Um, aside from that, Jack and Maddie decide to have a heart-to-heart, and Jack wants to get something off his chest. And more than likely to apologize yeah. for whatever he did that we're uncertain of, except for that whatever it was, Jack screwed up, and Maddie had to take the fall for him but yeah. she chose to yeah uh i was really hoping that they would bring up like another bruce willis movie as the real reason like mm-hmm. it just happened to mirror an actual bruce willis movie yeah like and i was joking that it would be like like oh it turns out that uh maddie is indestructible and jack has fragile bones <laughs> but then my wife was saying like no maddie's been dead this whole time oh my god <laughs> what are the chances uh, the episode uh, buttons on the truth or dare, where now they're back at Max's place. Only and Maddie's invited this time. Yeah, Maddie's which been means that they've reconciled. Reconciliation. Here. Yeah, uh, and uh, when once again Jack is going to be forced to drink hot sauce. Right, because he's I, not going to play truth or dare with. Them. Yeah, I thought it was funny though that. It, <laughs> Because Jack had made an earlier comment about uh, that hot sauce oh, yeah. sticking with him in a couple of times. So this is almost as bad as the hot sauce. And he said, really? You think the hot sauce was worse than the pepper spray? And he said, yeah, well, this only hurts once. The, the hot <laughs> sauce hurts hurts a, a couple, couple of times. times. Um, so I like that the hot sauce that they have, his brand is called Fiery Creek. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it brings up a lot of imagery of Ugh. that on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> it's no good. Um, I was really disappointed with this episode because I really wanted the Coltons to, to, to spice things up. But it's not super unlike the original introduction of the Coltons. I think the first Colton episode was was Jack's mom was the one that they were, they yeah, were yeah. arresting. And it, was, it kind of came down to the same thing where MacGyver and... I think it was MacGyver and Frank the first time yeah. were trying to get Jack's mom at the same time and from just from different angles. But right away he explained, you know, I work for this organization and mm-hmm. so we're both like legal representatives. We're just fighting over who gets the money for it. Right. But it was also a legitimate bounty right. uh, on, on someone who was, had a warrant out for their arrest. Which a team of bounty hunters or, or bail bonds people would look into it and they would know if mm-hmm. it's a legitimate bond and if the money that they're getting paid is a reward that's like a legally binding reward yeah. or if they're just going to get murdered by a bunch of gangsters. Right. Because again, Deckard, even if he is skipping bail, it wasn't for $2 million. Right. That money, that fee was negotiated by a third party who clearly 
is not trustworthy. Yeah. And it, yeah, so they were illegally operating outside of the law. Right. The Coltons were operating outside of the law. Which is um, not like them. Typically. Yeah, exactly. They might they might stretch the law. Do you but, think they'll come back at all? Um, I think they have to now. You, I wonder if they have to. I wonder if they might just drop it. If they're just like, let's touch on all these characters you know from the original show and then just never come mm-hmm. back to it. Because we'll none of them has really felt like a part of the show. Yeah, I mean, with originally we had uh, the Coltons come in gradually. Yeah, one at a time. Mm-hmm. And mostly that was because like, the first episode they had Frank, and then the second episode it was going to be another Frank episode, but he was busy at the time, and so they yeah. were like, all right, let's get you know Cleavon in here. Mm-hmm. And then they then we did a Billy. They like, yeah, they had a Billy... Because he'd been on the show so many times as other characters. Yeah. Was was Billy's first The Ladysmith episode? Yes. Yeah. And they Im- implied that he'd been working with the Foundation for a while. Mm-hmm. And that he stole all this money to go capture this picture. Right. And then, uh, then we had Mama's episode. And then... I'm trying to remember. I think Frog Dog was in the second episode, right? Because that was like the first Cleavon episode. That's when um, Frog Dog showed up. Because he originally belonged to the the French girl or the the Russian, yeah, the Russian uh, or yeah, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was him. Yeah, I was I, I was I was trying to remember which Colton is. Yeah, Lawson w- was the first. Yeah, was Frank, and then uh, Cleavon was Jesse, I believe. Mm. Yeah, and then Billy showed up later. I don't remember if Billy or Mama was third, but. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, either. getting them all individually felt more like a gradually we're working towards these being regular characters mm-hmm. than throwing them all into one yeah, episode. Yeah, here's all of them. And one of them, like you said, barely talks if he does. Right. And and it was weird to switch the dynamic to Billy being the leader. Yeah, cuz Billy the was the kid. Mhm. Billy the kid. Yeah, that's the whole Yeah. the whole thing. Uh and you didn't get a sense of I guess you got a little bit of sense with with Billy in this episode that I'm they, actually that, surprised they didn't just make the the brothers be Jesse and Frank mm-hmm. and then have Billy be the girl because Billy is a girl's name too. Yeah, yeah. And it would have made sense because she seems like she's the younger of the three. But who yeah. Knows? But uh, yeah, I I guess I wanted more from the big Colton's episode. Yeah. And didn't get it. Um, but we are going to get uh, the Hawaii Five O crossover yes. episode. I was so so excited about the potential for that last week, but I guess we confirmed it. Yeah, uh, Hawaii Five O MacGyver crossover episode, um, which means as we discussed, we will have to go through the entire catalog. <laughs> yeah, we of don't Hawaii have 5-0. we don't have to do that, but I think it's going to be very exciting. And although I was Jack Lord for a uh, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, New Year's party once, um, but I wasn't as his character from White by the. As his character from Doctor No. Uh, yeah, I mean, crossovers are are on the rise again. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and New Girl did a crossover, um, and uh, I feel like there's another one that I'm missing. But nope, uh, that's the only other one. That's the only one ever. <laughs> no, um, but like all the all the DC television shows are crossing over. Well, okay, that's but that's by design. Um, I don't think this is by design. Well, okay, this is that that was by design years and years and years in advance. This is the Linkoverse finally yeah. coming together. Yeah, no, this was this was like a spur of the moment. We need a ratings boost kind of thing. Right. Um, but crossovers happened all the time back in like the '90s. I feel like every other show would have like would link together. It was like Cheers and Frasier. You know what's and weird? Never had a and... crossover at all though. Was The Simpsons? Amazingly. Yeah. Well, Except actually, for, like the twelve crossovers. Yeah. Also, yeah, because they just did Family Guy, Simpsons, like a they year ago. They also did a critic one. They did a yeah, the X critic, Files yeah, one, yeah. Law and Order. Well, the X Files one was kind of more of a joke, uh, but. Uh, because I would say that the critic f- fell in more in line with their universe than the X Files did. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was film Roman, right? Yeah. They were both film Roman at the time. Uh, but uh, they did a Futurama crossover too, right? Um, 
Bender's definitely been on The Simpsons before. Yeah. But usually as like a joke. Okay. Um. But yeah, like crossovers like don't happen as much anymore. Uh, and I mean, it, it it's can, gonna be a while still. Yeah, it's like it's like three weeks away, right? Yeah. But but we got a reference from it last week. And right. when he says, "Oh, I got, I got, a, I got a buddy of mine over in Oahu," yeah, and I was like, "Oh." And I wouldn't be surprised if one of the Coltons shows up in that episode too, actually, because one of them had a bumper sticker on their card that said Hawaii in the yeah, episode, yeah, yeah, which is actually a carryover from the original series where one of them is talking about wanting to go on a tropical vacation right. with his money. I think in the first episode that uh, that Frank showed up in. Yeah, that's the the Ma Dalton one. Yeah, um, but again, back in those days, we were dealing with like. Like ten thousand dollars was like a good a good score. Now they're getting paid millions. Yeah, and it, yeah, they just got four million dollars. Four million the dollars. So they're rich people now. Yeah, it seems like that's retirement money. Yeah, I mean, that's a million dollars a Colton, and you invest that wisely, you're gonna be all right. You don't have to go to college. Yeah, as Billy would say. You invest all that money in rhino horns. <laughs> yeah. Call up Lady Smith, Black Mombazo. <laughs> I need $1 million in rhino horns, please. Yep. I am going to have so much aphrodisiacs. Was that Kai Wolf? Kai Wolf was uh, the Lady Smith, yeah. yeah. And uh, we had Tony Todd in that episode, too. That's so, right. Uh, so that was always good. Candyman. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as. as as per usual, like Riley and Bozer are just thrown in to do something to have something happen. Yeah. Um, and they they spend a significant portion of the episode just pursuing gossip and rumors mm-hmm. instead of actually solving the mystery. Um, and I really, really can't get over the that they just appeared in Louisiana. Yeah. It it, it is so sloppy. Really. Well, L.A. Louisiana. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, Maybe oh. Phoenix Foundation is in Louisiana. It's somewhere in L.A. <laughs> ah. I've solved it. Also, I'm getting really tired of that, like, Phoenix somewhere Foundation. Somewhere in Los but... Angeles, and you can see all the buildings in the background. I yeah. wonder where. <laughs> it's like, why Why does it need to be somewhere in Los Angeles? Because it's secret. It's not – it's a building. It's not some they underground – mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's it's not like yeah it's so, not it's it's not disguised as another building yeah it's not an underground bunker or yeah. anything like that it's not that people aren't aware that something is there yeah um it's like it's like it's they like, have a cable subscription that runs this building yeah they have yeah. a T1 line um you know okay like but like Superman Fortress of Solitude somewhere in the Arctic yeah that makes sense it's no one's there. gonna find it yeah no one's ever been there except for aliens yeah the Batcave. Somewhere in Gotham City. Oh, that's dumb, though, because it's just downstairs from the Wayne Manor. It's just downstairs. <laughs> it's just in the basement of the Wayne Manor. Uh, but Some, it's somewhere... A whole team of people installed it. You know, <laughs> you know, people always talk about the Death Star with the independent contractors, but what about all the people that built the Batcave? Yeah. They have to do this just a really, like, ironclad NDA. <laughs> like, we, can't, we are not allowed to say anything. We really, like, you don't want to go up oh against God, the Wayne... I worked on this huge job a couple of years back. I can't say a lot, but... Batman <laughs> rhymes with Atman. <laughs> and you want to know who signed the checks? I can tell you who Batman is right now. But I can't. I don't want to go up against the Wayne lawyers. Ah oh, man, I said it. Oh shoot. <laughs> they are I gonna... did like that one bit in The Dark Knight where he's like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that uh <laughs> that you you're saying my client is a vigilante who goes around killing people at night, and you want to ransom this guy? Yeah. Or what does he say? Blackmail. Like, you want to blackmail him? That's your plan? And I guess like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's this episode. Yeah. What's next week's called? Next week's episode. By the way, we looked it up, and yep, there's a hook. <laughs> there's a hook tool. In case you need a hook, you don't have a hook. But there wasn't a hook tool in this episode. No, not in the episode. Just yeah. on an actual Swiss Army knife. Although I'm sure Andrea caught it, if I'm mistaken. <laughs> uh, ruler. Oh my gosh. 
I hope this was is about like dethroning a dictator. Uh, let's see. Bozer's first overseas mission goes terribly wrong when Mac and the Just team like are blamed for a terrorist bombing, at the, and the Phoenix Foundation is forced to disavow them, using a ruler and coconut oil to make disguises. <laughs> <laughs> The team must avoid authorities. Look, I'm ruler, man. (laughs) And clear their names without any support from back home. Oh, so just like usual. Yeah, usual stuff. stuff. Actually, this is the first episode they've used support. Uh, I'm very curious to know how ruler and coconut oil make disguises. They don't. These things never have to do with the actual episode. Yeah, but it's March 10th is the Hawaii episode. Yeah, so we yeah three three weeks off. But uh, that's it for this one. Yep. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Reboot Season 1, Episode 17. Ruler. Ruler. So measure the time. My, my name is Shake Zula, the Mike Ruler. The old schooler. Give one a drink. I'll shake <laughs> it to you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks.